0: What is up, my friends? Welcome to Rebel and Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where we hear real stories from real men living real lives. I am your guide, Ned Shout. Fatherhood is not only about being a dad. It incorporates providing and serving a home, loving and serving a spouse, engaging and serving in a community, as well as intentionally serving your kiddos. Fatherhood is an adventure, one full of fun, wild, and definitely messy stories. In this podcast, we will hear stories from real men who have found themselves living the adventure of fatherhood. Man, I am so fired up for you to hear from Mike Crow. Trust me, if you found this episode, your life is going to be changed. There are no words that I can use to help you understand the man that you're about to hear from. Mike Crow is a father, a grandfather, highly successful business owner, and a coach. If you can apply 10% of what you learn today, your life and your legacy will be tremendously impacted. We discuss family meetings, making decisions for your family, giving your kids vision. He goes off on a rant that I love about parents asking their kids what they want way too much in our culture. Get ready to be inspired. And if you are, please share this episode and write a review on iTunes as my goal is to hit 100 reviews in the next 100 days. Fatherhood is critical, my friends, and you and I are responsible to let the world know. All right, welcome to Rebellion Creates Fatherhood Field Notes. I'm very excited to be having a conversation with Mike Crow. Hi, Mike, how you doing?
1: I am doing fabulous, my friend.
0: Yes, thank you so much for being on here. Um, This last year, this year, I I met Thomas Blackwell, and his book, Liberty of Our Language, has influenced me and, and my team and my family. And he had said that you are an incredible, very successful business owner, Influencer and an incredible father, and that I should have a conversation with you uh, around fatherhood. So here we are. And I'm excited to be able to do that with you.
1: Well, all I can say is he's absolutely 100 correct. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Perfect, humble man. I like it. I, I'm we, humble and modest, all, all wrapped into one. You know? Yeah. Well, you know uh, what? I get
1: Labeled sometimes as okay, Mr. Perfect. Okay, Mr. Wright. You know? I tell I tell my wife. I said, you know, if 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 you married Mr. Wright, that makes you Mrs. Right.
0: There you go. Hey, you know what though? Confidence is is a key thing, especially if we want to be successful fathers, business owners, people in this world. Is is you know what? I think confidence is important for us men. It is, you know. Absolutely. And sometimes, sometimes we, we we you know like even you and I are kind of bantering about, joking about it. But it, it is almost a lost thing, you know, because people just take it as oh, you don't be cocky or don't be this. But I, I am a man, and I want to be confident in that because I'm here to serve my family, and I got to know who I am. Right. Yeah. Well,
1: you're, you're absolutely correct. And, you know, confidence, the world will follow confidence. Children will mm-hmm. follow confidence. Money will follow confidence. Okay. Success will follow confidence. So yeah, I'm, a, I'm a little cocky and I get called on it way too much.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I could tell from, it comes from a pure heart. And so that's the difference, you know, it is, is it, it becoming- is different. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And because it's your why behind what you want to do with that confidence and and even in your laughter and the way you kind of mention your wife and your family, you know that the why behind it isn't just because you want more money for selfish reasons, right? It, it comes from a confidence because you know the power you have as a father and leader, which is why I'm excited to talk to you because I can already tell it's going to be yeah. good. Well, Um, you know,
1: I want to mention something there real quick, because people talk about money like it's a bad thing. You know, Mm -hmm. I saw something on TV the other day. And, of course, it's the old line. You know, I've been poor. I've been rich. I'd rather be rich, you know. Uh, But I teach people the more money we make, the more people we can help. And that starts with family right at home. And. Uh, I'm doing some just incredible things right now. I'm not rich. I, I really am not. I don't have a million dollars in the bank. Um, I, I have several million dollars worth of assets, but I don't have a million dollars in the bank. I, But I put money back into people because I think that's mm. where it belongs.
0: You know what? I love that. And, and you know, I've, I've grown a ton over the last year of doing the conversations with fathers. Okay. So I'm going to learn from you right now. And the hope is that the, you know, that whoever's going to listen to this will too, but I'll admit to you, you know, that, uh, that's really important for me to hear. Um, because this last year, I think I've really been shaking that view that, that, um, the importance of money being a tool and that it's not bad. And so I'll tell you, that's something that I'm shaking. And I think growing up in the church for some for some reason, I had this sense that, you know, the rich are bad. And I'm not saying all church says that, but the rich are bad or, you know, it's something about that, though. So, so it's interesting and good for me to hear uh, well, that coming from you.
1: I had to create that saying because I, you know, I mean... I work with so many people. I coach coaches in in multiple industries. I've coached business owners and helped them reach million dollar uh, businesses. And one of the things that I saw over and over again was as soon as they would hit a certain level, they would like they would falter. Mm. Um and 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 what I heard them say was, you know, well I have enough money. No, you don't. Well, yeah, I do. I have enough money for myself. And and I'm going, well that's pretty damn selfish, mm-hmm. you know? Because this isn't about you. This is about who you serve, and and that's good. Money is just a tool. You know, if I see a hitchhiker, I can stop and give somebody a ride, right? I can't do that if I don't have a car. (laughs) You know, Uh, I I I have donated more money to charity than the average person, and and I'm and I'm not a hundred thousand donor, but you know, I have donated a lot of money to charities. But you couldn't do that if you didn't have it. You can't help people. With stuff, if you don't have, I, by the way, my wife, I I just want you to know this and I'm like very conservative. My wife is very conscientious. Okay. Mm. And that's a nice way of saying a lot of things. Okay. (laughs) Um, And she struggled. She struggled tremendously. With us having money, and so and and people would say you're rich, and I'd go, well, yeah, we are. And she'd just like cringe. And so mm. I learned to I learned to rephrase things, which is one of the things Thomas, of course, teaches a lot. I said it. I, I started saying it's nice to have resources. It's nice yep. to have resources because we can do so much when we have those sort of things.
0: It's so funny you say it. It's just so timely. Is is up on my whiteboard right here. I have resources, and I have listed underneath. You know what are your resources to be aware of. You know it's money, time, energy. Um, there's there's these resources, and really with our kids right now, um, we're working on stewardship. You know, as as we're talking Ah. about not leaving their stuff around. And if you want, you know, we are blessed. So are you taking care of what you do have? Um, yeah. So that's something that's you're not getting more. Yeah. Yeah, you're not getting more, and then you're not valuing what you do have. There's so much so much there to it. So, yeah. well, I'm eager to talk to talk with you. So to give people a little bit better understanding, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, if you don't mind. Fire One, away. How old are you? I am 60 years old. 60 years old. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah. And how many children do you have? I have four amazing children, and this is going to freak you out. Um,
1: it freaks most people out, probably not you, uh, but they're all five years apart. Okay. Oh, interesting. So our oldest is 40, then 35, then 30 and then
0: 25. Wow. And that was done on purpose. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And then you have some grandkids now, too, don't you? Yeah, I have three grandkids.
1: In fact, um, our last pregnancy with uh, our youngest daughter, Elizabeth, was life threatening for my wife. Mm. And so I said, that's it. We're not we're not doing any more. Um, I, I wasn't going to put her through that again. Um, and so now we have three grandkids and they're almost like five, five years apart. So okay. we have a 15 year old uh, grandson and we have a 10 year old uh, grandson and we have like an eight year old uh, grandson and our eight year old uh, has autism, unfortunately. So, okay. Yeah. So
0: at every, I mean, you right now are in a season where you have uh, every season of life. You are a father figure too. Which is I is very hard at that. Pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. So the wisdom that we're going to talk about today is going to be fantastic. Okay. And how many years have you been married? 42. I got married when I was 18. And how old was your wife? (laughs) Maybe you can't give
1: that away. (laughs) Eighteen. She was eighteen as well. And and, but here's the thing: is I looked so young back then. They would come up to her and said, "Did his parents have to sign for him?"
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. Yeah, man, forty two years. Congratulations. That is. Yeah, and you know, one of my
1: goals is to one of my goals is to celebrate my seventy fifth anniversary. You know, with my amazing wife.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that, that is an, that is incredible. I went to, um, a man's funeral memorial on Saturday. Uh, he's where I bought my Christmas tree from the last few years. And it's a family friend that I know he was 94 and they had been married 70 years. And, uh, man, when his wife, you know, cause I just celebrated my 16th wedding anniversary and, you know, we think we, we've, we've been married forever, you know, <laughs> and how much we, you know, we laugh, we go, we look back to when we got married. I was 21 and and uh, we go, we, we were kids. We didn't know anything. Yeah. And, uh, and then now we think, okay, well, when we've been married 42 years, we'll probably look back on being married 16 and go, we were such kids.
1: No, back yeah, then. No, you're <laughs> absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct.
0: Yeah. So, so thank you for that, because I think that is the best gift you can give the world is that um, as you have been a father in so many different stages, what have been a couple of resources that have been good for you?
1: All right. So I'm, I'm, I'm the king of resources. I could show you four rooms that are just books like solid. Okay. Um, And, uh, and in fact, I sat down both my oldest son and my oldest uh, son-in-law and shared one of the resources and I'm a, I'm an avid note taker as well. So there's two resources that I just absolutely love. One was Brian Tracy Um, and I listened to a lot of Brian Tracy CDs when I was growing up. And one of his was how to raise happy, self-confident children. It Mm. was like one of the best I'd ever done. Um, and it's still out there, still available. You can still go buy it online. Um, and, uh, and he has four children as well. And, okay. uh, uh, and so, uh, it was, it was good. And he talked about a lot of different things. And then the other resource that I loved, um, and that I went through piece by piece by piece was, uh, the seven secrets of effective fathers by, uh, Ken Canfield, uh, oh, okay. PhD. Okay. Um, and, uh, just so you can see it, and I know your, your audience can't see it, but, uh, this is the notebook where and you can't really see it very well, but I took pages of notes, and wow. this is this is so old, the paper's yellowing. Um, and uh, and then when I passed it on to my oldest son and uh, and my oldest son-in- law, I made copies of, I bought them both the book, the CDs uh, and gave them my notes, and then I went I sat down with them and talked about the different parts of that with them.
0: Wow talk about creating legacy that's incredible when did you go through that when you first knew you were gonna be oh, a father gosh. Or?
1: 10 years ago uh, well I you know that that's one of the things I, I I wish I had done better was date stuff I date stuff mm-hmm. now yeah. uh, but I don't know when I took these oh, wait a second I have something here in the book that has a date on it 94
0: 1994
1: 94. yeah uh, so there's oh, how incredible. there's incredible yeah, there's some notes here from uh, church sermon that uh, that are in here with it. Yeah,
0: nice. Nice. Well, I I mean, how powerful to be able to sit down with with your your sons and and be able to share that with them. Now, did you share that with them when they found out they were going to be fathers, or when they got married, or wh-
1: when they got married?
0: When they got married. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Man, and how I powerful? You, you're not going to understand this information yet, you know, and but I want you to understand that there there is information out there and you're you're not winging it you know you 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 need to know that you're not winging it that there's information out there that that tells you shares with you how other successful fathers have raised kids hmm.
0: man i'll tell you that is so powerful because it you know we have so many jokes around how the mother does so much to like have a kid and then the dad is just you know he does his 30 seconds and then he goes to work you know i mean that's that's the, where we go but that My kids that, wish I had done
1: just 30 seconds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when you've invited them in and really created almost a rite of passage to pass something down, uh, I think is just incredible. And, and I think that's really what we long for. So cool, fantastic resources. Thank you. I think you're already kind of sharing it, but in, in just a, a couple of minutes, what do you think the role of the Father is?
1: Well, mine goes all the way back to biblical. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
1: I think our role as a father, and it gets mentioned actually in uh, the Seven Secrets of Effective Fathers, is that uh, our children see God through us, mm-hmm. um, and the stronger we are as a father, the more they're willing to believe that God is there as well. And uh, we're very, very, very faith driven uh, around here, and uh, I don't believe that anything really happens by accident. Um, and so part of my job is to be a good father so that they can see how that's possible. Yeah. And, uh, so, um, and, and, you know, our job is to help guide them, help give them confidence, uh, to empower them. I mean, all of those things that you hear everybody say, and, and, you know, I, you could have a list of 20 things there, uh, of, you know, what a father is and, you know, um, and so there's a lot of fun stuff that goes along with that. But our our number one job is to set a good role model for them to be a good parent when it comes their turn.
0: Mm, yeah, yes. It's so important to, for people to realize that it's, the way that you parent your kid is going to be passed down to how your grandkids are, are Four raised. Four generations deep them.
1: is what they say.
0: Four generations deep?
1: Yep, that's wow. what the Bible says.
0: Yeah, you think about that. I mean, y- y- that means that your words and your actions and mine impact beyond our own lifetime and what i really like to point out too which i've been saying is is that it then it doesn't just matter about what ned does it it also matters what mike does because my kid could marry your great your grandkid right and and that means something so so it can't just be just internally focused just my home i have to i have to be out in the community with other men making sure there's like-minded men who are raising their kids because if I want my generation four generations from now to be impacted in a positive way, it's not just what I do. It's what you do. So I love that. Awesome. Okay. So the podcast is called rebel and create fatherhood field notes. And we're already doing the fatherhood field notes pieces. You have, Years of wisdom and you're open. I mean, literally, you just showed me your notes from 94, right? So you're right. you're showing me your field notes and and sharing your wisdom with us. And the the theme or the mantra is rebel and create. And I wrote a book and put it out last year called Rebel and Create. And, and it could be a global thing or or a small thing. So let me give you an example. Is on a big scale, I could be rebelling against the status quo of what media says a, a man and a husband and a father looks like so that I can create a stable, safe home that lasts for generations, or it can be I'm rebelling against being on my phone at six o'clock so that I can create family meal time where we have real conversation. So whether it be something small or something big, what's something that you're rebelling against and what do you hope to create out of that? Uh, I
1: I believe that the world has been trying to redefine fatherhood. Okay. Mm. Um, and in, in the book, actually, uh, one of the things he talks about was, you know, in the old days, kids used to be able to watch their dad work and, um, you know, on the farm or, or whatever construction, you know, they grew up next to him working. Um, but nowadays he goes off, he, he earns a paycheck, he comes home. Um, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to be just a little bit negative for a second. And I tell my kids this because I want them to understand why, I, I do what I do in so many ways, but I believe the world is currently being redesigned to tear families apart mm. and um, uh, to make men weak, uh, to make women uh, obsolete almost as a mother. Um, and, and I mean, take, take kids and take them off to college. And, and, and that's all great. Kids should go to college. Um, all four of my kids have graduated college. Um uh, and however, is that they send them far away to college and they don't come back. Okay. And so now the family is spread out across the world. And and the world is designed currently to create what I call indentured servitude. Okay. Or indentured servants, you know. So you have a wonderful picture of a boat up there. I love that picture of a boat. Hmm. Uh, in the old days, if you wanted to come to the new world, then you would basically, uh, you know, I thought I turned that puppy off. Um, and if you wanted to come to the new world, you could get free passage on a boat, but you would owe seven years of labor to, to someone who paid for your ticket. Well, the world's not satisfied with seven years anymore. They want you for life, mm. uh, So whether it's credit cards or whether it's school debt. None of my kids have school debt, uh, wow. and they awesome. all paid for their own colleges, okay? Um, but the world is just out to destroy families right now. And I will have to tell you, I have been told I'm crazy. Uh, a rebel is a great word for this because when you hear some of the things that I do, you would just be shocked. And I'm—I I will give you one example. Ki- parents ask their kids what they want way too much.
0: Mm, just wow. I mean,
1: yes, you know, um, and. Uh, um, and so I would say, hey, uh, I'm, going to, uh, I'm going to Home Depot. Come on, let's, let's go for a ride. And, the, and they go, I don't want to. And I said, I apologize, but where in there did I ask you if you wanted to?
0: <laughs> <The MO. laughs> yeah,
1: and, and they're going, uh, I don't have a choice. Did I make it sound like you had a choice? <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, but today's society, oh, that is just blasphemy. You've mm. got to ask a child: Does he want to go see a movie or not? Are you kidding? You're going to go see this movie with me, but I don't want to go see, you know, uh, you know, Mary Poppins or whatever. I don't care if you want to see it or not, and then we're going to talk about it afterwards. You know, um, I love so, it. Um, I, I that's part of the 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 power of of that. With that said. Uh, I saw a great video the other day. There's this gentleman doing some TikTok stuff, um, and uh, he was talking about how you don't lead your kids, that your kids don't follow you. You lead your kids from behind. Hmm. And he said, when you can lead them from behind, he said, you you protect their back. You protect this side, you protect that side, and you can see where they're going. And if they're headed for danger, you can just push them a little bit so that they go you know, a different direction. And I thought, wow, that is just so, so true. But I mean, he's there with his son. He's got his back. He's, he's working with him in different things. So for instance, all of my kids went to a local college, University of Texas of Arlington. I'm very proud of it. I went there. My wife went there. Uh, I had one son go to University of Texas of Dallas. OK, so he's the black sheep of the family, <laughs> you know, but they but I always told them, I said, you can live here as long as you want and, and as long as you're going to school. That includes college. As long as you have a job, and I'll give you one if you need one, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, and as long as you go to church on Sunday with us, and those are my three requirements. So I had some some simple rules, and but it meant that all of my kids went here locally. One, they paid for their own college, so I wasn't paying for some outrageously expensive college. Um, I used that money for other things, like every five years taking everybody as a family to Walt Disney World. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, so we we did it that way. But my rebellion is that the world is tearing the family apart and I'm redesigning everything in my life to pull the family together, you know, and, uh, that, that, and, and I'm, and I'm hoping more people will get that and see it and be able to do it.
0: Well, this is so powerful. I mean, I'm writing down my notes. I'm I'm a note taker too. I love it. Redesigning everything to bring the family together. Um, yeah, you share. I mean, obviously you're doing it because you believe that you have the ability as this father role to create this this family legacy, right? Which is what we're talking about here. And and that you have the power to to do that. But it definitely doesn't come from this dictatorship. I mean, just the way that you carry yourself and talk, I mean, you just seem like your kids wanna be around you, right? Well, we you seem... make it
1: so they want to be around us. All okay, right. Okay.
0: So so Talk to me about that. How do you how do you make it so your kids want to be around you? I mean, obviously you had some simple rules. Um, you you've given them opportunity. You said, uh, yeah. So give me a couple. Talk to me more about that.
1: All right. So this started years and years ago. Uh, and uh, one of the things that I looked around was I said, "What? I look. The kids on the block go to one house almost predominantly, right? Yep." And I said, I want the kids to come to our house. I want to know who our kids are hanging out with. That way I can protect them a little bit. Okay, Uh, I want to know what they see, what they're hearing. Uh, And so I created and this was back in 80s. I created what I call the swimming pool theory. okay? Okay, where did the kids go? They go to the house that's got the swimming pool. Okay, Uh, and so I put in a 14 foot above ground swimming pool in my my first house and uh, uh, and I got to know all my kids, friends and see them and they would have so much fun. And uh, it was it was incredible. Now, you see this room behind me. I know your guests can't see it, but maybe you can describe it to them. Yeah, I see some Star Wars
0: posters and stuff in there.
1: Yeah, this is this is my computer room. Okay. Okay. There are six computers here all linked together. Um, And this, when, when, so when I moved out of that house, I was shifting jobs. I was doing some other things. I couldn't afford another swimming pool. Uh, And so I said, well, what, what would, what would be like that? And so I put in six computers. And so all of my kids and all of their friends could come over and play computer games together. Okay. And I bought the best computers I could get. It wasn't anywhere near as expensive as that. So we now have, we have this room. Uh, we used the formal dining room for years, and my wife hated it. Uh, but because uh, when you walked into the house, that was the first thing you saw, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but that was my swimming pool there, and I got to know all the kids that way. Plus, I play games with them too. Swimming pool, I play in the swimming pool with them. Yeah. Now, I do have a nice swimming pool now. And I told my wife, and this is so, so much fun because I just sold one of my businesses, and I have a little extra time on my hands. I still have three businesses. Um, and, uh, and so I told her I'm refeathering our nest. And so we put a swimming pool in, I don't know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, something like that. But now I put up a gazebo. Now I put up a couple pergolas. Now we have a great big table out there. So just last week, I had three of my kids, and I would have had all four of them, but I had three of my kids, and we were in the swimming pool together watching. Um, I, I we watched Hamilton, and then we watched uh, Greatest Show Ever. Okay, so we're kind of we kind of like musicals, uh, and so yeah. uh, we've taught our kids that. But this is, but when you have this, you get to pull your kids in. Now, it's now pulling my grandkids in. My grandkids want to come over to my house because I have a swimming pool. So I get to know them. I get to talk with them. I get to, you know, give them little snippets of life and everything. Um, and uh, so and, and I will tell you, when I started, when I built this room, everybody, everybody went, wow, that's great. You're crazy. <laughs> you know, nobody's going to want to do that. Do you have any idea how many times I've been told nobody's going to want to do that? can i can I share the biggest one that I'm doing right now that's just I, absolutely yeah, completely nuts? So I've got my house, right? And we live in a subdivision, so I got my house. And I told my wife, probably I don't know ten years ago, I was gonna create what I what, what what's now being called Crow Village. okay, And I told her I said, I'm gonna buy the house on this side. I'm gonna buy the house on this side, and I'm gonna buy the three houses behind us. And she said, why would you do that? And I said, because that way our kids can live next door to us. Well, our kids aren't going to want to live next door to us. So anyway, my daughter now lives in one house catty corner to us behind us. And my daughter now is getting ready to move into the house next to us with my two grandsons, by the way. Um, and uh, she's going, I can't believe that. She's going, well, what are we going to do for the house for the sons? <laughs> I'm going, slow down. you know. This <laughs> costs money. you know." Yeah. Uh, so I have three of the six houses now.
0: Wow. Yeah. You know, I I love what you are saying. I mean, because you're talking about things that are possible, right? So it's you're talking about you want to change the world, right? We, would, we could all sit here and say, yes, yes, the world is against family and fatherhood is not seen how it should be. But what am I going to do about it? Well, I'm going to get an, a pool I can afford for now. Uh, well, I can't afford that now. So what are kids into? They're into games. I'm going to go ahead and get a game room. These are things that are possible, right? It's not, we got to start this big nonprofit organization. I mean, those things are great. I'm all for those things, but you have the power regardless of your time or your resources, like whatever resources you have, you can figure it out. How do you become that house that the neighbor kids come to? Even if it's just Learn playing capture the flag or football or whatever it is. So, let me. I'll, I have a couple of questions for you. One, why do you care to not just build the pool and then just sit on the side and go, oh, I feel good? The kids are all here. There's something in you that you go out and you participate to some extent. Why is that?
1: Yeah, we have a water volleyball net. I mean, so, and I'm damn good at it. <laughs> 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 but for instance, um, my oldest, uh, grandson the other day, me and him on a team together. Right. Mm. And we were playing two of the ladies, uh, my wife and, uh, one of my daughters and, uh, and, and, you know, they said they're going to kick our butt and they got close, but not close enough, you know? Yeah. So I built, I built a moment with him and he'll never yes. forget that moment. Right. And, you know, and he did a pretty good job, you know, and he, he held his own weight and he, and, uh. And that was me and him side by side. And I cannot emphasize enough side by side instead of across the table, you know, in a confrontation thing. Because if I can if I can help him and get him to know me there where we're having fun, then he'll be willing to listen to me when it's not so much fun. And so, by the way, sometimes I do sit on the side of the pool in a chair and, you know, drink a glass of tea or something and, and watch and it. And I just... I don't know. When you moved into your first house, I moved into my first house. It was a two bedroom frame house. I sat in the living room and I looked at the ceiling and went, Oh my gosh, I have a home now, you know? Wow. Sorry. Uh, and, 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 and the same thing is happening sometimes when I see my kids and grandkids all together, yeah. you know, uh, I have a family, you know, and, and I have to give my dad lots of credit. My dad was always big on family. And and so he he helped me make a transition from his family. All families, by the way, are dysfunctional. Anybody tells you families are, oh, my family was dysfunctional. Trust me, all families are dysfunctional. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you look up family in, in, in the dictionary, it should say a dysfunctional group of people trying to put up with each other, you know, <laughs> so, um, but I have to give my dad a lot of credit. Uh, he really built how important family was into me. I've just taken it two or three more notches. And I'm, and I'm, I'm blessed to still have him around. So, uh, mm. we love having four generations of pictures, you know? Um, so we went to the state fair with me and him and, and kids and grandkids sometimes. And so that's a lot of fun too.
0: That's incredible. Now, did you say that your dad didn't come from a good family?
1: No, he, uh, he struggled a lot. I mean, he, he still carries a lot of pain, a lot of scars from that. And, and by the way, I carry a lot of pain, a lot of scars from my dad's, uh, uh, inability to raise children. And I say that, but I but I want to put it this way. He did the best he could and he was improving on where he came from.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and then look at what it's turned into. Yeah. Right? The and, work and, that he did has yep. has has developed into this. So, what is it that has made you care so much about fatherhood? Now, I do know at the beginning you said you know, based, uh, being a faith-based person that you, you do find that it's part of your duty, you know, to represent, uh, your creator through your role as a father. But was there a moment or a time or a season that kind of set you up to go, this, this family thing is, is, is critical and I need to take Um, this really serious. And
1: again, it goes back to my dad. Um, Mm -hmm. and, my dad used to take us camping as a family. Uh, my dad used to, uh, take the baseball out and we, we'd play baseball at the park. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and, and my dad struggles with a lot of stuff even today. Um, you know, and I, I try not to focus on that. I try to focus on what he is accomplishing, what he has accomplished. And I will tell you that when I was a kid, uh, you know, my wife and I joke that at 10, everything happened to me at age 10. Okay. Don't ever forget <laughs> how important age 10 is. Okay? okay. By the way, we'll talk about 15 at some point because you, you're not there yet. 15 is like the roughest year ever for kids. Oh, uh,
0: great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just thought, <laughs> thought I'd clue you in there since uh, you've got one that's 14 now. Um, but, uh, you know, ever since I was a kid, I, I, I wanted to make sure – I saw so many families – that would argue and and fight and and uh, belittle each other. So these computer games here, all right, we don't allow the kids or us to play against each other. All of the games are cooperative games. Okay, so there's a game that our kids love. It's called Starcraft. If you haven't heard of it, okay, okay, uh, and uh, you play either humans or or there's two different types of aliens, and we 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 gang up and beat the computers. Okay, and uh, I have allowed my grandson to start playing me one on one because I can handle it. Um, And he was beating the snot out of me. I beat him last time. But uh, (laughs) uh, and, and it was pure luck as far as I'm concerned. But we built that in so that they learned to work together, not work against each other. And and people people think it's great that their kids compete against each other. And I think it's great when the kids learn how to help each other. Um, And, you know, I mean, we got one over here and he's he's like seven. Right. And the aliens are attacking him and everybody goes to his rescue. What does that tell him? You know, and what does it teach the other kids? You know, Um, and it teaches him, by the way, okay, he died. Now you're next, you know, but if you helped him now, he can help you. Yeah. And, you know, the one of the greatest things that I, I enjoy is watching my kids help each other now. A days and I mean they all go to support each other in more miraculous ways compared to today's world
0: yeah that's pretty powerful because you do see so many families just spread out so the legacy that you're building is is that family is more than just this time before you're 18 and then you're gone. You know, yeah. you've I taken mean, it just that... for an
1: example. Look at my sisters. I've got one in Georgia, I've got one in Lubbock, and I've got one somewhere else in, you know, another part of Texas. And I see them maybe twice a year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's sad when I think about my kids, you know, how much they play and enjoy being together, you know, going into a time where they don't see each other very often. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: they're, they're the world is always gonna supply challenges like that our job as a parent, as a father is to help give them the ability to pull together and support each other. So this whole Disney thing, and by the way, I'm huge Disney fan. So, but every, I five, every five years I would, I would basically pay for us to go to Disney, the whole family. But I mean, it is a group effort. It is, it is, you know, different planning and different, you know, putting the pieces together and, and, um, uh, uh but it but it is it's not a challenge, it's not people working against each other, it's people pulling together, the yeah. family pulling together. Yeah, it's to go story. create memory yeah. together.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I I have another question I want to ask you. Um, shift gears slightly is Thomas had mentioned that you have a lot of your family working together and that you have found success in that. You know, a lot of times you hear family shouldn't work together. But I mean, you're already talking about it, even the video game example, but it sounds like in your businesses, you have or have at times had family members working together. How have you created success around that?
1: Um, carefully, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, you know. You know, it's kind of funny. Sometimes people tell my kids, "Golly, I wish I was one of the family," you know. And they say, "Be careful what you ask for," you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you haven't seen, you haven't seen the true beast, uh, you know. Um, and I, and I'm, I'm going to tell you another secret here. People tell people that when you have family in business, when you have your kids in business, that you treat them just like every other employee, and it's one of the biggest lies out there. There's no way you treat your son, your daughter uh, the same as every other employee. Now, does that make them weak? Maybe. Does it make them feel entitled? Probably. Um, You know, on the other hand, they will do things that no employee would ever do in most Mm -hmm. cases. Okay. Um, My kids and I have stayed up till 2 or 3 a.m. working on a project, getting it turned out, whereas I would never ask an employee to do that, you know. Um, And so there's. There's, there's a lot of things there. So there's – I tell people that you have to teach your kids certain skills. And one of the number one skills you have to teach your kids is to be able to sell. And almost no kids learn how to sell in today's society. So I taught my, my oldest daughter how to sell Girl Scout cookies. I literally took her from door to door, I, and I showed her how to sell a lot quickly. Okay, Um, and so hey, we put a wagon together and we went out to the soccer fields and we just like sold everything, you know. Um, And uh, uh, I taught my my son how to sell. So we have a sales position in our company. We do not call it a sales position, okay? Um, And every one of my kids have gone through that position at my company and learned. What do
0: you call that position?
1: Client coordinator. So we hire wonderful, amazing people. That are not salespeople, and we never call them salespeople. But they have a kill ratio. What does that tell you? <laughs> you know? Yeah, they are expected to schedule seven out of ten people that call, and if they don't schedule seven out of ten, they need retraining or maybe they're in, a, in the wrong seat. Okay, and that happens. But every one of my kids has learned how to sell and close nine out of ten. Okay. And uh my oldest daughter, uh, she is now working with one of the companies that I sold. So she's helping them with a the three year transition. She cannot wait to get back uh to work with us. Um, and uh because she's trying to help them understand what we did and how we did it and what we did, and they're going, Yeah, that sounds good. I don't think we're gonna do it that way. <laughs> you know, and she's going, Oh my God, they won't even listen, you know? And and so for instance, they went. Yeah, we don't think you should have a kill ratio on this position. Excuse me, then how are you going to measure their success? Well, you know, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, you, don't,
0: you don't eat if you don't kill.
1: Oh, uh, man, see, that's what I tell everybody. If, if you don't know how to kill, you don't know how to bring food home and put it on the table. Eh, you're, you're, you know, you're
0: not going to eat very well. Yeah. So skills. Okay, so I want to hear a couple more, but I want to know first, why is it important for your kids to know how to sell?
1: Well, I mean, everything we do in life involves sales, okay? Either one, and, and I'll give you the most important one. What is the most important sale they ever have to make?
0: Their spouse.
1: <laughs> well, that would be a good one. But honestly, it's themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They've got to learn how to sell themselves on the fact that they can do it. They're, they're mm, good enough that they're, yeah. uh, they're capable. And it goes back to the word confidence that we joked yeah. around so much, you know, when we first got started, if they, yes, it and if they, it, it think about this, if they're able to get on the phone and sit for eight hours and, you know, breaks and lunches and all that, included, right. um, and, but they're, they're scheduling seven, eight, nine, nine out of 10. Okay. They walk away with such a level of confidence and an ability, knowing that they can go do that. Um, My son, actually, and I I taught him a a few scripts, but he literally created a club at his high school to watch cartoons. Okay. Um, And uh, he sold that to the the, the student uh, teachers or whatever I don't remember who but he had to take it to the teachers and present it and say hey we want to start this club so it yeah. was called an anime club all right uh, and he called it international cultural whatever <laughs> you know but it was watching cartoons after school <laughs> yeah. you yeah. know uh, you know and and my youngest son uh, called me not too long ago. This is one of those calls that you love getting as a parent. And he said, mm-hmm. "Dad, I just want to tell you thank you." He said, "I did." I, he said, "I just had an interview and I crushed it." Yeah. And you know, they asked me, "What did I do for work in the past?" And what's one success I've had? And what's one of this? And what you know? And he's going, "Man, I, I had all the answers." You know. So sales is is is, it may be the number one skill every person needs that the world is trying to you know, tell you that salespeople are bad, you know, salespeople are pushy, they're needy, they're, they're, they're greedy. And, and the truth is, man, you know, I love Zig Ziglar and, and Zig, nobody knows who Zig Ziglar is anymore. I'm 60. So I, I knew him. I, I, I knew him. Uh, oh, wow, and, and I know his son, Tom Ziglar and his, and his daughters. Uh, and, uh, um, and at one point I was even Ziglar certified, you know? Uh, so, but, uh, I mean he said nothing happens until something gets sold you know and y- so yeah yeah and i I just talked to we have uh we have a home inspection company that's that's our core business and we have right. anywhere from 12 to 18 inspectors you know depending on when when you ask us okay because life has been pretty brutal on people right now um, and uh, and I and I told him the other day I said you guys may be the best inspectors in the world but nothing happens unless those ladies in there schedule it so you should treat them like gold, okay? And I have to tell you, those ladies, uh, they're not cocky, but they're, they're very confident in what they do. Yeah. So sales, number one skill. Number one and, is sales. And, and nobody teaches their kids that anymore, right? Oh, you don't want to be a salesperson, you know? That's what they tell their kids nowadays. So the world is literally robbing people of some of the most basic skill sets that you need to succeed.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm in sales. I've been in sales since I was 20. And so little opposite conversations happening in our home around the opportunity uh, that you have in in this kind of position. So if you were to say one or two more skills that you think is important for a father to teach their kids, what would you say? Oh, you're going to love this one. By age 12, all of my kids have to read
1: a book and have to give a 30 minute presentation to the family.
0: So Thirty-minute
1: presentation, public speaking, yeah. is is one of the number one skills, uh, one of the top skills that all of my kids have to do. So they have to. Uh, one of my daughter read a book. Uh, the oldest daughter read a book called uh, to, uh, John T. Malloy uh, and uh, how to uh, how to work your competition into the ground and have fun doing it. Okay, <laughs> uh, and so, but it was talking about life skills. It was talking about yeah. you know organizing and 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 organizing your time and everything so that's what she did uh, one of my uh, kids did a different one and by the time i got to the last one i was i was being too lenient um and i let her do it on a movie uh that she had watched that she had to do a, a report on to school it was the one where the uh pie and i or something like that is the uh, it's the kid that got on a boat with a tiger you know from a show
0: oh yeah yeah life of pie yeah life of
1: okay. Pi. so she she had to do a she had to do her 30 minute presentation on that
0: Okay. Well, that was a, that was a very interesting movie. So, okay. I want to point something out right now, because if I'm a dad listening to this and, and maybe I'm not, you know, as engaged as I would like to be, or that's why I'm listening to this podcast because I want to be engaged. And if you, the very first thought came into your mind, when you said my 12 year old read a book and did a 30 minute presentation and you thought, ah, my kid would never do that. I want to have you rewind back to the beginning of this conversation And where we heard Mike say, oh, you know, did you think this was a question? Did you think you had an option here? But I also want to point out, because this is something that I struggle with, is finding that balance of not just going to like very strict, stern dad. It doesn't have to come from that stance. It can still come from a a laugh and a chuckle and a, well, I didn't, you know, it wasn't an option, so go do it. right? Right. But it doesn't have to come from this. Um this mean dictatorship, but I want you to know if you're a dad listening, you have the authority. You're the only one really who has been given the authority, right? It's not their teachers. It's not their principal. It's not their youth pastor, whatever it is that who's in their life, you're numero uno. And, and if, if you think public speaking is important or sales or whatever it is that you think is important, teach that to your kids and, and just make that a something you do with your family. So, um, yes, very good. Very good uh, sales, public speaking, anything else to throw out there? I know we're going to start wrapping this up in, in a you little know, bit.
1: There, there's so many other skills, but one of the big things is that I want to, I want them to make decisions. And so you have to set it up so that they are making some decisions and you know they're going to fail at it, but they're going to learn from that right. failure. Right. And, and way too many people protect their kids from failing. And... You know, and, and I probably if, you know, you talked about another gentleman, if there was one thing I might do, it might be let my kids fail more. And I'm not sure about that. OK, uh, I talked to a famous uh, gentleman. Uh, he was a famous bowler, believe it or not. He was he was a famous bowler. OK, so uh, you go bowling. We would take the kids bowling. And and this one gentleman, he said, I remember I I remember my dad teaching me how to bowl. And he said, And I never remember putting a ball in the gutter because they would put those those gutter
0: guards up. up, Yeah.
1: And so the kid never remembers putting a ball in the gutter. And so I I debate on this. Should I have let my kids fail more? Um, Maybe, you know, but decision making. That's a big part of it. Uh, I want my kids to be confident. I want them to see. And and. You know, when they, when they could do sales, that builds confidence. When they, when they could do public speaking, they could do confidence. By the way, all my kids have done public speaking at one point or another, uh, in wow. somewhere. And, and it's like, what, it's the number two largest fear they say, you know, yeah. and my kids look at them like, what do you mean? <laughs> you know, uh, and, uh, and so many kids go, well, I, I would never do that. Um, and it's, uh, watching my kids raise their kids too. Uh, we took my oldest grandson, we went ziplining. Uh, we went to Tennessee for a I had a Disney cruise planned in June, my friend, and they canceled Uh-oh. it on me okay, they canceled it on me. I had a week in front and a weekend back at Walt disney world with with house so we we don't we don't stay on site at Disney. we rent a big house where right. all of us stay together so that probably tells you a little bit about who we are, but you know um my oldest son was like scared to death to zipline. And, uh, I watched my oldest daughter and I participated, but I watched her explain to him, you have to do this. And and I told him, I said, buddy, you don't have to do this. However, if you don't do it, you and I are going to sit home every day and work on stuff and everybody else is going to go have fun. They're going to (laughs) go do everything else, but you and I, we're going to stay home every, and he's going, you're not serious, are you? serious as a heart attack guy, because if you're (laughs) afraid of this, then you and I need to spend more time together. Mm. So the threat of granddad, you know, and and he looked at me like three or four times. You didn't really mean that, do you? Oh yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah." You know, I mean, and, and here's a line that I love to ask my kids and I wrote this down and every parent needs to sit on the side of the bed with their kids at some point and ask their kids this, is there ever a time that I told you something that I haven't done? or haven't lived up to. And by the way, I did that when I learned it, every one of my kids had one thing.
0: Wow. Yes. Okay.
1: And when I, when, when I figured out what it was, I fixed all of them, but yeah. I want my kids, I want to be able to say to my kids, have I ever told you one time that this was going to happen and it didn't. Okay. Or that I would do this and I did. And I want to make sure they know I'm like what the Rock of Gibraltar, right? Uh, the tooth of time is we like to say in Boy Scouts, but, uh, um, and and I told him, and he looked at me, and he looked at me very. You you and I said, have I ever told you one thing that I haven't done? And you could see his eyes click, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: and you know what? At the end of the day, he was so proud of himself yes. for for doing the ziplining thing. But you yes. but you got to build confidence, you know. You got to build confidence, and uh, it was it was a tough half hour convincing that kid to zip line.
0: Yeah, it's so it's something. So I have four daughters and a son, and and it's been interesting learning to build confidence in my son. He's eleven now, you know. So it's been interesting to find the balance of when to push him and when not to. Yeah, you know, because I I noticed a time where I pushed him a little too hard, and he wasn't ready for God, it. And, it feels I, bad, I, doesn't I, it? Yeah, it feels bad, and and, and you know, luckily I caught I, I caught it. I think in time to where I didn't just totally emasculate you know h- him. Um, but it's funny now. So like I was celebrating him the other day in front of the the family because, um, we, we built a dirt bike track on the property. And I remember a time, uh, a couple years ago, I had to, he was so scared of the 50 dirt bike. I knew he could do it, but he was so scared that I said, okay, every lap you do on the driveway, I'll give you a quarter. And that, so, so he, on this uh, the 16th lap, I said, okay, okay, you're done. You can, get, you get off now. Cause he would have gone all day long. He would have gone all day long. But now he's out there with his friend right now as we speak, and he's on a bike that he can't even put his feet on the ground. He has to start it on a kickstand because it's too big for him. And he is riding lap after lap out in the dirt hitting jumps, and he's 11. And I was celebrating the other day, you know, so as a dad there is that balance too to figure out, you know, to be in tune with your son and your grandson to go, how can I push? Where can I push? Where are they ready? Um, and it's just so rich to see, you know, like you said, you're probably being on there with him. You are building that confidence. It's just, it's such an amazing opportunity more, valuable than a golf game or a business we build or whatever it might be. Not that those things are bad, but they can't replace the fulfillment you and I were designed for. Don't
1: don't miss something you said here. And uh, uh, one speaker that I work with, and I've worked with so many speakers and so many coaches, and I've had so many coaches, and I run masterminds for the last 30 years, Mm. uh, pulling people together and teaching stuff. But one, one phrase that came out years ago was ethical bribe. Okay? And you made your son an ethical bribe. And yes. I have used that so many times on grandkids. And and all of us have, but some people won't take it. And some people tell you it's bad. Oh, don't give your kids money for grades. They That's their job. They should do that. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Okay. Uh, but I told him, I said, if you do this, I will give you so much money on top of that. That was one of the things that got included. And then at the next next stop, I told him, I said, for every person that you go in front of, 'Cause I wanted to get that second one just as quick as uh, every person you go in front of, you get an extra dollar. Okay. Um, you know, and so roller coasters are my thing that I try to help my kids use to get over fear. And everybody has to get over a roller coaster fear at some point. And how many people do you know that go, man, I don't ride roller coasters. I'm scared of roller coasters, and I'm thinking, "Golly, it, you know, what happened to you? You know, And by the way, I've got some family. I'm probably going to take a bite on that one. Um, <laughs> you know some some people that married into the family, but uh, but I, I tell him say, "Hey, you do this. You get to go pick out the t-shirt you want to say you rode this."
0: Oh, yeah, that's great. ethical yeah, problems. Yeah. Ethical bribes. I like it. I'm going to keep that. That. Oh, Mike, this has just been fantastic. I absolutely love talking fatherhood with you. Um, and I love the passion in your voice, in your eyes, in your, you know, the, the words you're using. And I, and I, I, I need mentors like you in my life to have these conversations to go, man, this is, this matters. So I, I just thank you for sharing your life with us. Um, so that we could all learn and grow. And my last question for you, and and i I think you've answered it so well already, but as you peer into, you know you're sixty now and and say, in the next twenty years, you start to peer, let's use your grandkids and you start to see the families that they're building. What's the legacy you want to see? You know, we're not talking money. We're talking the character, the relationships. What is it when you peer into their homes when you probably actually will be able to peer in their homes because they'll live across the street from you? What is it that you (laughs) – We're putting up ring
1: devices so we can see where they're home.
0: (laughs) Yeah, in the Crow Village. Yes. What is it that you'll see?
1: You know, um, it was kind of funny because Crow Village is six houses, right? Mine – and two on side of mine and the three. And I told yeah. my youngest daughter the other day, and, uh, as, as we bought this house, we just bought it last week and she's moving in this week. Okay. Um, Come on. and, and I told her, I said, you know, when you look back and when you're talking with your kids and your grandkids, so this is, this is the part of the secret is you have to give people vision. You have to give your kids vision. Okay. I said, you're going to be able to say you're silly old granddad. Okay, or your silly old great-granddad is the one that started this. Okay, and so I'm now giving her the scripts of what she'll tell those people, um, and those kids and everything, and you know, and I'm and. I, I do I do a couple of weird things. I have a family meeting, um, you know, where we bring all the family together. We discuss jobs, we discuss money, we discuss, you know, uh everything. Um, and so we do that. And and by the way, ethical bribe, I pay them to come to that meeting. Okay. <laughs> five hundred five hundred dollars a family, okay. Um and, Is that and once people a year? go uh well, we usually do it a couple of times a year. But I, a couple of my kids ran into some real problems this last year. I have two kids that are getting ready to go through a divorce. Hmm. Okay. If you, you go back and you ask yourself if there was something else I could have done, I did such a great job with my kids in a lot of ways. But what I didn't truly prepare them for was how other people in the world think. And so uh, mm. they they um, they married some incredibly amazing, wonderful people that have some that that are carrying some baggage that they just can't they can't let go of. Um, and they brought it into the marriage and it destroyed the marriage. And, uh, so there's, there's that things as well. So the biggest thing that I'm trying to, to do is to help give my kids the vision of what this will look like. And by the way, um, and I, I'm, you know, I'm now having to deal with my, two of my kids that are going through divorces. Um, and it's just heartbreaking, heart wrenching, watching your kids go through that kind of pain. Um. And I told my daughter the other day, I said, uh, uh, I said, I want you to understand he's getting part of your past. He got part of your past. Yeah. But he doesn't own any of your future.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow, that's really powerful.
1: And uh, and I've watched an immediate difference since she's what we say. This is this is why Thomas and I love each other so much. What we say is so important. The words that we plant, the words that we we put into place to help people get to where they want to be. I will tell you, you have to create those moments, though. Yes. Um, you know, one of the things that every book says is, you know, the best thing a dad can do is 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 love the children's mother. Okay, uh, and so um, I have I have date night set up with my wife. But I also have family night set up with the kids. Now, we don't do it anymore, but we used to do Wednesday nights we used to do with the kids. And we'd start with the youngest one would choose, then the next one up, the next one up, the next one up. Then mama would choose, and then I would choose. And if we couldn't remember whose turn it was to choose, well, we'd start over with the youngest. You'd be surprised how many times it never got to me. Um, (laughs) And can I tell you a dirty secret? I love the secrets. So – I sat my kids down after one point and I said, I said, do you have, do you have uh, friends that um, their parents are divorced? You could just see them go white. And are, are you and mom getting a divorce? No, I never said that. I'm just, I'm just trying to see if you see that. And they went, well, yeah. Uh, and I said, I said, you don't want me and mom to get divorced, right? And they went, no. And And I said, so I need your help. I said, I want to take your mother out once a week for a date night. Hmm. However, if I say, hey, kids, me and mom are going out for a date night, and you all go, oh, can we come? Well, the answer has to be yes. Because we would never want to leave you behind, and it would hurt your mom if we left you behind. So you have to be able to say, no, we want you guys to have that time together. And... Uh, it got to a point where, if we hadn't gone on a date night for two or three weeks, the kids would start going, "Hey, you, you guys are when are you doing a date night again?"
0: Mm, yes.
1: So Wednesday nights we did family night, so the kids were taken care of, and they knew that was their time. And then Thursday night was date night for me and my wife.
0: I love it. It's super, and we're married super forty-two good. years. And I yeah, don't know how she put years. up with
1: me, honestly, but you know, I I, I do work at it.
0: Yeah. Yes. You got me it, all cre- emotional, clearly. guy. <laughs> hey, this is, this is, it's so encouraging. It's so good. I, I, um, yes, I mean, it's just, it's just so powerful. I'm, I'm, I'm so encouraged and excited uh just about, you know, everybody who's going to listen to this conversation. Um
1: You'll have to tell them there's the dirty secret at the end of it. So they'll listen to the whole thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, there's the last thing that I'll say is, is, is I appreciate you um, you know, sharing the, 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 the honest vulnerable pieces too, because like you said, in the middle of our conversation, you know, every family's dysfunctional or has is messy. You know, I like to use it's the word messy, it's messy. And, you know, I think sometimes we can hear your enthusiasm and, and the things you've done and feel like there's something about you that there's just no way I could be like that. And, and our family has so many issues or whatever, but it doesn't change that you have a passion to fight for your role, even when it's really hard, right? Even when it's messy. Yeah. And and that is the role of the man, the husband, the father, like you said, leave from behind, pay attention to what's going on, be in tune with it. You got to work on yourself too, which clearly right. you have All said you've done, right? Um, it's never over but you have that opportunity to be a part of the navigation of, of your family and, and it is going to be messy and it is going to be hard and it's not always going to go how you think it's going to go, but it doesn't change the fact that the work you put in will be rewarding.
1: Yeah. And, and don't expect the mom to be the dad Mm. too much. Nowadays people are expecting, and, and, you know, one of the, one of the books that called it father substitute, you know, and we talked about TV and public school and government and, 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 their boyfriend or whoever being, you know, their father figure. Uh, But the world is trying. So my wife gets mad at me for this. So just so you know. But I believe that at a certain point, you have to man up. You have to make the decision. Even if she doesn't agree. Mm. And everybody in the world tells you now, you can't do that. You have to ask your wife. You have to. You have to get her input. And I think that is so unfair to my wife.
0: Wow, I love putting it that way.
1: To ask her to make this decision for me, okay? And why would you put your wife, the person that you love and care more about in this entire world, in the position of managing your life or telling you what's right or wrong? Now, I take her input all the time. But then I make a decision. So I had a job that I, for 13 years, I was in the grocery business. And I told my wife one day I quit. She went, can, can we talk about this? Uh, it's a little late. I already quit. <laughs> what are you going to do? I'm going to go work with my dad. We're creating a company. Up. Oh, my God. What about our medical benefits? What about this? What about the 401k? I said, I know. I said, it's a shame. She said, well, don't <laughs> you think you should have asked me first? And I said, that would have been so unfair to you to ask you if I could quit my job, because no matter what what you said, it, it would have been un, it would have been unfair. OK, now maybe you would have said I'm 100 I'm percent behind you and I agree with you and you do what's best. But the world doesn't the world doesn't do that. The world reacts in fear. OK, and men need to learn to be men again. Okay. They need to learn to set up date night. They need to learn to make decisions. They need to learn and 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 quit saying, Can I go home and ask my wife? Oh my goodness, are you kidding me? That is so unfair for her to not know all of this, but you go home and say, Honey, I'd like to invest in this. Honey, I'd like to do this. I've come home sometimes and invested forty thousand dollars in something. And she's like, What the hell? <laughs> you know. Uh, And even – we've been married 42 years, and we had this conversation last week, okay? Honey, have I ever let you down? Never had a car repossessed, never filed bankruptcy, never missed a mortgage payment. You know, I think I deserve a little credit for, you know, uh, making decent decisions. Now, I'm not saying had I gone bankrupt, had I done this, had I done that, that my decisions would be bad now either. And, and I will tell you, I feel sorry for women sometimes that marry men that just fail over and over and over. And those guys need to get around some people that are successful. Mm. I created a thing, you know, be successful and be around those that are successful. I mean, you hang around, you hang around weak people. I used to go and used to hang around a group of gentlemen at church and every Saturday we'd get together for breakfast. And then one came home one day and said, I'm, I'm not doing that anymore. My wife said, but everybody says you should do that. I said, Yeah. But all they do is whine and complain about their wives, mm. and I'm just not going to sit there and be part of that. I I love you, I care about you, and I'm not going to allow a group of guys to make me want to sit there and complain and whine about you. You know. And by the way, I whine and complain about my wife publicly enough. <laughs> <you know? laughs> I don't have to do it at, at breakfast table. <laughs> you know. Uh, so those are a couple of things that I I want to make sure that people see. The world is being designed right now to tear the family apart. The world yeah. is designed to tear men out of manhood, okay, out of fatherhood, and and it's why so many people, so many men, abandon their their children. And I think we're coming back around. And one of the things that I I told my kids was I want to make sure you get to know your grandparents. You know, in today's world, nobody knows their great. I didn't get to know my grandparents. I really did. And I wish I had. And wow. I made sure I made sure my kids do. And they're flawed. Oh, my God. They're flawed. OK, um, but I get to talk to them about it and go, so you don't want to be like that, right? Maybe you should listen a little closer. <laughs> you know? uh, and uh but you know what? I'm flawed, too. And it's funny because I see my kids pointing at me sometimes going, you don't want to be like that, right?
0: Maybe you should listen <laughs> a little closer. <laughs> uh, oh, Mike, you have no idea. This this has been the best conversation and the best moment of my week. Um, I just so needed this conversation and and it is going to impact my life. And, and, and future generations f- forever, just literally this conversation, um, the man you are, the husband you are, the friend you are, uh, the willingness you have to share the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it, your wisdom, the secrets, um, keep doing what you're doing. Keep investing in the world the way that you are. And I can't thank you enough for all that you have said and all that you've shared with, with me. I've grown so much today and I'm excited for others um, who have grown too.
1: I was so excited when, um, uh... Uh, when your team reached out to me to do this, because I am helping build the next generation now. So I have a, I have maybe one of the youngest CEOs working for me. She's 30 years old and she is, she is doing training for young athletes now. Hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm her mentor uh, in that regards. And I'm watching what she's doing. And I never forget that what we do now affects the next generation. And it's important that we get it right.
0: Yeah. Yes. Well, Mike, thank you so much. I appreciate you. And I I look forward to uh, hopefully hearing more of your wisdom over the years.
1: Man, I look forward to it. And I look forward to the day we get to meet in person, Ned. Thanks, Mike. All right.
0: Have a great one. You too. Wow, wow, wow. Incredible. Such powerful stuff. If you enjoyed this conversation, please write a review on iTunes. Like I said, I would like to hit 100 podcast reviews in the next 100 days. That means I need you you right now to go ahead and write a review. This will help me and the cause of fatherhood tremendously. Every Monday, I put out the Fatherhood Field Notes podcast interviewing great dads. If you are interested in a shorter podcast, I put one out every Friday. It falls under Rebel and Create as Craft of Fatherhood where I discuss a question sent to me by a father. Thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned. Shout together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood. Talk to you next time. Oh,